Welcome to the Mental Health Multiverse. We're your hosts, HB and LB. We'll be breaking down some of our favorite movies and TV shows as they relate to mental health, self-healing, and overall wellness, while also breaking stigmas, shedding light on misinterpretations, and helping you understand yourself a little better. If you're also on a healing journey and enjoy pop culture, stick around. For those who don't know, I'm Marissa, the founder of Little Bit Not Broken, hence why my name is LB, and I'm joined by the beautiful Heather. Heather, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Heather Bodie, and I am a certified fitness professional who is local to New York City, but I have my own workout program that is virtual, so you can do it anywhere in the world, and that is called Geeknasium. So that's who I am, and that's why I am HB. Because it's just my actual initials. That <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned where you are, and I guess we should let people know that I'm on the other side of the states. I am in the Bay Area, so we are doing a virtual setup, um, and we're so excited you're here listening to this. Yes, so excited, and I also wanted to give the little anecdote that um, that the reason I guess like it it's just like cute that that LB and I call each other LB and HB just because. You know, I wasn't going to start writing out LB or Little Bent every time or Marissa because I'm lazy. I wasn't going to write out all of that whenever Too many I letters. <laughs> messaged you. So I just started messaging you as LB and you just naturally started messaging me as HB. And it's just really freaking cute. So <laughs> cute. It's so cute. I love it. Um, and that's kind of how not how we met, but kind of how our, our friendship kicked off um being fellow libras liking cute little nicknames for each other but we actually met through our business coach shout out to meg yelaney and sosa whoop whoop we really bonded over like pop culture and and media and marvel and disney and i mean your program is called geeknasium so i think i joined your moon night workout and i was like this is so much fun like what a fun way to exercise and and feel motivated to keep going <laughs> I think it's just funny that we do we do very similar things because I think you know one of the ways that your social media really pops off is when you take like the biggest example I have is like when you did that those turning red reels where you were like explaining perfectionism through the lens of the movie turning red and like people were like well yeah I agree this exactly happens to me and it's just funny because it's like you you use pop culture to help people recognize and and help them with their like perfectionism and mental health and that kind of stuff and i use pop culture to help them with their like with like falling in love with fitness and motivation and to get them to maybe want to work out if that's something that they never thought they could do um so it's just funny cuz we do like basically we both use pop culture to help people, which I think is really cool. And that's yes. what we're going to be doing here in this exactly. podcast. Yep. Nice segue into why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> now that you mentioned, though, I'm going to back up just a little bit um, because I didn't explain what what I do. Thank you for mentioning that. I am a certified trauma-informed coach with a focus on perfectionism and, and reparenting, which essentially means helping people reclaim their inherent worth now, not waiting until X, Y, and Z, like the promotion, the job, the car, the big house, the whatever, and just knowing that you're worthy now. Um, and we do that by strengthening your compassionate inner voice to be louder than the critic. 
And if you haven't seen the movie Turning Red, we'll get to it at some point in our podcast. It's a great movie. And then once you watch the movie, check out my channel and see all of the my channel, my page, <laughs> my Instagram page and see all of <laughs> yeah, the uh, subscribe and hit smash that like button. <laughs> I do a lot of um, I have a lot of content breaking down that movie because it touches on so many things I'm passionate about perfectionism generational trauma. I have so many thoughts on it, but that's not the point of today's episode. Today's episode is to just introduce ourselves and and this podcast that I'm so excited about. And I really can't think of a better little duo than HB and LB to be to be doing this. So Heather, what what are your intentions for this podcast? Well, I mean, essentially, I think I think that obviously pop culture is called pop culture because it is popular right um so it means a lot of people like to consume it's like what are we consuming right now what are we talking about um and so my goal is taking like what is in pop culture what are we consuming and what are we talking about but not stopping there and saying how can I use this to motivate me in some way or to help me in some way because you know, there is a reason that we relate to the characters that we love so much. Um, but there's also a lot of discussions to be had about the types of media that are being put out there or like, you know, specific movies, specific TV shows, X, Y, Z. Um, there's we consume a lot and then sometimes we just stop after consuming it, but we don't understand why we feel a certain way or why, you know, why it touched us so much. And so this is basically the safe space for us to discuss that but also to maybe shed light on something that you hadn't possibly realized before um and then me specifically would be to you know how can you translate that into maybe fitness or health um or something like that and then I think like what Marissa can help with is translating it into maybe like um what are tools you can use or something like that to make it um to to get out of bad habits or I'll let you speak on what what you want to do with people. Yeah, I mean, no, you really you really touched on it. Um, because I I think this is something we talked about off camera and um in our own little chat. But talking about the things we love and why we love them and really like diving deep into that helps us understand ourselves a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. and also breaks up the stigma that society puts on us that like, we can't be too excited or too passionate about something. Cause that's like weird and cringy. And so I hope that us doing this also breaks that up because like, have you ever had a conversation with someone about something they love, like the way their eyes light up and their expressions become more animated and they forget like all of that external chatter and they like kind of tap into their most authentic authentic self, you know, and they just keep going and going and going. And so growing up, like I never really had that space either because I was like too much or too loud or too nerdy, too weird, too geeky, too whatever. And so when you keep hearing that, when you get really excited about something, you just get smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that this podcast helps other people when, if, and when we talk about some of their favorite things, it's like, Hey, I want I like talking about this too and I not that anyone has to give you permission to do the things you love but I hope it is like a little validating and a little bit like yeah I I can talk about my favorite things and I'm not weird for wanting to do that you know so for me this podcast kind of combines two of my passions pop culture and mental health I think 
it's a really easy way to scratch the surface of the healing journey. The healing journey is so multifaceted, but when we can start with something that already feels safe, it's a lot easier. I'm not going to say that healing is, is easy, but I think, right. The, the, the vehicle with which we are in on our healing journey in order for us to heal, we have to feel safe enough to, to do Mm -hmm. so, to dive into the unknown and explore all those depths and all of that stuff. Um, and I just had a thought, I'm sorry, a little bit of ADHD over here. So warning, double the ADHD (laughs) warning for everyone listening. We're going to be ping ponging around a lot. But I think <laughs> you, it, you know, you and I share a very similar mission, not just in this podcast, but in our businesses um, and the way we show up on social media is just to help people feel feel seen and heard and, and less alone. And that's, I think, really the nucleus. If I could just boil down everything we just said into like one little mission statement, I think that's it, just to help people feel seen, heard and less alone and maybe a little bit more understood. <laughs> Yeah. And I think what I like about us, as similar as we are, we are very similar and have very similar philosophies of life. I do think we were also raised very differently. And you, so listeners are getting the perspective of someone who it was very safe for me growing up. I was encouraged to be a nerd. My parents are both like, like my mom is a fan of things. So it's like I was raised by someone who celebrated fandom, even though it didn't have a name at the time. I think that term is relatively new. I'm not sure. But like, you know, we always dressed up for Halloween and special occasions. And like, um, you know, she's a big, a big Trekkie and just um, and I'm a huge fan of Supernatural because my mom like started watching it with my mom and she's like as big of if not a bigger fan of Supernatural than I am, you know? So it's like, I was raised by a geek, essentially, like a fan, a a person who is a fan of things. And I feel like you were raised in a completely opposite situation where it was like your fandom was suppressed and you were sort of taught that like that should not be shown and you had to do that healing. So I think it'll be, like I said, as similar as we are, I think it'll be great to get our two different perspectives when we're talking about this stuff because- um, you're getting the perspective of someone who was able to sort of be free all the time and just like and talk about this stuff. And you're getting the per- perspective of someone who kind of had to keep it hidden or felt the, the need to uh, suppress it at times, too, which I think is, you know, it's not cool that that's how you were brought up. But I'm glad that you're better now and doing this podcast for people who might be in a similar situation. Thank you. Yeah, I know I'm not that that experience is not unique to just myself. There are far too many people who grew up in those kinds of spaces where they weren't allowed to be themselves because they were shamed or bullied or you know whatever um and if that is you you are so seen and heard and loved and I hope you find some comfort in this and um yeah yeah so HB what is your story with mindful escapism I know you just said you were kind of raised by a geek and you did have that space but Um, I think a lot of what we are talking about, too, is diving into our favorite things as a way of escaping. Yeah. Um, Like I said, was raised in a a home that celebrated being a fan of things. I would say my story with mindful escapism started with the Harry Potter books, um, which I will just put the disclaimer out now. It's very disappointing, um, you know being an adult now and recognizing who J.K. Rowling is and, you know, rereading the books from the perspective of knowing that she's, 
you know, transphobic and fat phobic and, um, and, you know, leans into stereotypes about race. Um, that is incredibly disappointing to know as someone who grew up escaping into these books. Um, but it is my honest story. And I loved the Harry Potter books growing up. Um, not just the books, I will say the movies too. Um, some people might not know this actually about me, but I tried to read the first Harry Potter book because um, I think it was a woman who was babysitting me at the time. Her daughter was reading it and um, they like tried to get me to read it. And I'm one of those people that's like, if you ask me to do something, I don't want to do it. Rebel. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I tried, I tried to read the first book, but I was, I couldn't get into it whatever but i'm probably the only person who that's happened to with harry potter or probably yeah. not the only person honestly um i'm right here i got you yeah <laughs> i was like 10 also it was i was like pretty young and so um and i wasn't a big reader at the time like the only books i ever read were the goosebump books like that's that's like all i read um so i saw the first movie and this was a little later it's like a year later i saw the first movie and I am not going to lie. I fell in love with Rupert Grant, who plays Ron Weasley, and I became obsessed with him. And so it it like it like was the catapult of me like reading the books. And then I just like but then I got sucked in and I be and it, it became like what I loved. Um, But I really did read to get away from reality because you know, I didn't really fit in. I wasn't like a cool kid. I was, you know, I was heavy set. I had a unibrow, you know, it's, I pluck it now, but hey, it was, it's there. Um, I had glasses. I may not have had glasses at the time, but I did get glasses eventually in middle school. I just like, you know, I was a misfit. I was a misfit and I knew it and I didn't really care. Um, but books were like my way to like have my own adventures and like feel accepted and seen. And then there were parts of my at home life that weren't perfect, that weren't great. And, and I dove into the books to get away from that as well. And it became a cornerstone for me whenever I was going through something hard, I would read the Harry Potter books and it made me feel better. Um, it gave me that serotonin, that dopamine, what have you to be like, yay life isn't so horrible after all and it became like basically a habit the harry potter books were continually what i turned to or the movies you know all throughout up until adulthood and so that's kind of my story about mindful escapism and the reason that we've put the word mindful in front of the term escapism is because to a certain extent escapism can be a negative thing if you if it's if it's affecting you to the point where you can't get through your day because you are so in your head or you are so you you have like an example would be like alcohol, drugs or you know like playing video games to your own detriment, not doing not doing daily tasks, not eating, not sleeping, you know those kinds of things. Mindful escapism is a little bit more of a form of self-care so it's adding to your life not taking away from your life whereas escapism without the mindful part in front of it 
may be taking from your life. Just also add on that I think there's another layer to that, which would be dissociation, because that's kind of, and I'll talk about this in a second, but that was kind of my story or my experience with escapism was very much like dissociating from reality as a survival tactic. Yeah. So what I do now, I've kind of like used that realization of like, well, us nerds were obviously like passionate about, you know, something like I'm, I was passionate about Harry Potter. I'm now like, you know, I have all of these things that I'm very passionate about and I can turn to them mindfully as with awareness as a form of self-care rather than, you know, mindlessly. Uh, so when I started Geeknasium, which is my workout program, a yoga instructor asked me because I sort of told her, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a, a geeky escape. You work out, but I make it nerdy so you can like escape into the workout. And she was like, because yoga is so about being present and in the moment, she was like, but isn't that like not good to have someone escape into a workout because like then they're not present, they're not body bodily aware, they're not X, Y, Z. And I was like, I understand why as a yoga instructor, you might think that. But from the perspective of a nerd, say you are a huge Marvel nerd and you are doing a... Avengers workout and it gets to a move where you're like slinging webs you know like Spider-Man you got you do the little motion you you're 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 web slinging as like a workout move the nerd who loves Spider-Man is going to be very bodily aware while they do that workout because they're pretending they're Spider-Man so they're gonna do the move properly because they're gonna be like yes I'm swinging I'm gonna get my knees higher and I'm gonna jump and I'm gonna do this Um, But also because I'm appropriately showing them how to do the move. But like when you're a nerd, you're actually embodying the character. So it's escapism, but it's actually like grounding you in a way. So that's like how I use mindful escapism in my workout program, because I was aware of the way that we turn to things to escape and was like, what if we what if I flipped it on its head and was like, you're escaping, but you're actually you know, using it to your advantage. Yeah, totally. And I think what you're also describing too is like the difference between grounding and the present by using grounding tools to escape maybe stress, inner chatter, shame, like, you know, um, all of these other things. And then on the other side, escaping to avoid reality in general, which isn't always, like you're saying, always great. Um, And I appreciate Mm -hmm. you kind of breaking down the difference between mindful escapism and and escapism kind of in in general that was really beautiful thank you (laughs) oh thanks now tell us your story yes so like I touched on a little bit earlier my experience with escapism is a little bit different for me it was not mindful mine was more on the dissociation level because I was in an I grew up in an environment that was very just very painful so as you can tell I also like to read a lot um I don't remember the first book that I ever really like got sucked into and was like wow this is amazing and I think a lot of that is because I was as a as a kid I was just always afraid 
that the things I loved would get taken away from me because that was kind of the way I grew up that like if I really liked something and I was really passionate about it or I really cared about it if I did something wrong it would be taken away I like not related to mindful escapism but just to kind of give an example of that like I in middle school was on the cheer team or whatever like I tried out I got on the team I was so excited and then I like failed a test or something I was like in seventh grade it doesn't matter when you fail a test in seventh grade but my mom got so mad and she was like you know what you're off the cheer team she called my cheer coach and she kicked me off the team not the coach my mom um but then the next test I got an a plus or whatever and my mom was like okay you can be back on the cheer team and I had a conversation with my coach anyway so it was just a lot of like hyper vigilance because I was like never sure if I was what was going to happen what like all of these things I loved, it never felt safe. It never felt um, private to me. It never felt like it was mine, you know? Like I couldn't even have a private journal or a diary or or anything. I don't know the first, the first book, but I do know that I've always, I've always loved reading. Like in elementary school, I don't know if your school used to do this or if you have pizza huts near you, but we used to have like reading challenges. And, and if you read a certain number of books, like these little tiny, maybe like five page books for first graders. But if you read a certain number and your parent like signed your bookmark, you would get a coupon for Pizza Hut. And at the end of the week, you could go to Pizza Hut and get a personalized pizza. Um, so I have yeah. pizza. I have Pizza Hut to thank for my reading obsession. Shout out Pizza Hut. Sponsor us. Just kidding. Um, food. Food for motivation. <laughs> exactly. I am very food motivated. Um, <laughs> my mom and I actually not bonded, but we both read Twilight together, which now as an adult and having watched the movies and like seeing all the memes and the breakdowns on TikTok and stuff, it's a weird choice. <laughs> no, no, my my mom and I read Twilight together too. Okay. <laughs> I love how the that difference was is like... my mom is gonna listen to this podcast and be like, yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and very similar to what you were saying with Harry Potter, the first books that did come to mind when you were talking about that were the Hunger Games for me. For me, it was realizing that there weren't people of color in any of the books I was reading, or if they were, they were the side characters. They were the comic relief. They were the just kind of off to the side as like the token or whatever. And then I didn't realize that until much, much later because I grew up in very white dominated spaces very um more often than not I was the only person of color in a lot of like my classes and a lot of my friend groups and I didn't in like my church groups and stuff and I didn't realize that until I was much older and I didn't realize how I don't want to say disconnected from like my heritage and stuff I was but I knew that there was a reason I am a child I am a descendant of immigrants and so um a way to kind of survive quote unquote was for them to try and make me as American as I could be within, you know, to be accepted and, and things like that. Um, huge tangent and diversion from what we're talking about with mindful escapism. So going back to that, it was more so a diso dissociation. My love of reading turned into a love of writing. Um, and I definitely use that as a way to escape. Now, however, now that I have one, I'm no longer in such a bad environment I'm in a, I'm very safe I've done a lot of healing now and and stuff I still love reading but it's less about like trying to escape reality and more about just reading and and like you said being mindful and and loving it and being immersed in the in the story in 
the mystery, in the fantasy. In I will say though, and I think this is something we might touch on in a future episode. I don't write as much anymore. I realize because I think the motivation for writing was to escape. It and it's weird because I feel like I've like lost my creative edge <laughs> now that I'm no longer using it to disappear. <laughs> Did you write fiction? Like, was it? Nonfiction, yeah, it was fiction. It was definitely fiction, and and looking back on it, it was definitely inspired by whatever book I had just read. So I went through a John Green phase, like I feel like most of our generation did, and so I have some unfinished things that feel very that read very John Green. I got some like <laughs> dystopian stuff, very Hunger Games, Divergent esque, like. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to write a lot when I was younger as well and I have like fully gotten out of that like like fully it's it's kind of funny but I also think like there's so much more to take our attention now than there was when we were younger you know you had an hour to kill you're sitting in your room we just write where now if you have an hour to kill it's like you have the internet at your fingertips to do whatever you want (laughs) no that's that's such a good point because I remember I used to write from like 6 p.m. until like two in the morning and I could just go 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 but now like I have responsibilities I gotta take care of my my cats I gotta wash dishes I I can't just like sit in one place for hours on end although however speaking of mindful escapism Marvel Midnight Suns I have been (laughs) I'm so jealous I'm so sorry I like I said I'm manifesting it to come on a switch for you it's Um, coming switch it's coming it's just not there yet (laughs) 2023 so soon it's right around the corner I'm not doing it to kind of not be present and escape or whatever like I'm very fully aware of what's going on and I might like I don't know if I'm I don't know if I can explain this or like if I have the words right now but what you were describing for me it feels very much like you know when Harry gets sucked into that thing in Dumbledore's office and he's oh, like, the pensive, yes. The pensive, and he's like seeing all the memories or whatever. Reading, writing, and, and video games have done that for me where I feel like I'm in it. But what's anchoring me is that I know, like, I'm able to kind of hold it off at arm's length. Whereas before it was like I just needed it in my face and like in my ears and just like I didn't want to hear anything else. And I think that has also been like a marker of growth is it's less of like I need to bury myself in this thing and escape and now I'm like I'm I like being here but I know I don't need to just like yeah it's like the form of using it as it's using it as a tool of self-care rather than than hiding behind it yeah exactly it's it's rest and I think there's definitely a balance right and being aware and mindful of that balance is is very important. Anyway, I feel like I went on so many tangents talking about <laughs> about that. Another point too of what why we're doing what we're doing is that we we are talking about some of our favorite things and how they helped us get through some tough times. There was a quote I read, and I'm so sorry I don't know who said it, um, that our brains like rewatching our favorite shows or our favorite movies because we know what to expect. And sometimes it's like visiting old friends. For me, the things that got me through tough times were were shows or movies that were relatable, either because I felt seen or validated in some way. So I felt less alone. Or on the flip side, it kind of portrayed who I wanted to 
become like okay this is gonna sound so silly I love Gossip Girl because I like Blake Lively and I don't want to be a rich socialite on the Upper East Side however the confidence and the I don't know what what the word is not fashionable but just like the way they carry themselves maybe it's privilege I don't know <laughs> it, 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 it truly is <laughs> a lot of that too it's like it's like having they have something that you know you'll never have not necessarily in like a bad way it's, it's not like I'm like oh I'll never have that but it is in that sort of like like with Harry Potter it's like I know I'm never going to be a wizard which whatever like you know I'm not traveling I'm not getting my Hogwarts letter as much as as much as we begged for it when I was a child I'm not getting my Hogwarts letter like um there's something about like reading about a world that you wish you were a part of but it's not necessarily like a longing a negative sort of longing it's more of like when you watch that or read that you are able to envision yourself there you don't need to stay there but for that hour or however long it is you are able to envision yourself there or you are you know sucked into that world and the good thing is is that you can leave because you don't need to be a rich person on the Upper East Side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Real quick then, would you kind of like to talk about what we're kicking off the podcast with, with season one? I'm so excited about this. So we're starting season one with Disney princesses. Disney princesses. <laughs> I'm also really excited and I'm, I'm really excited it's our season one because I don't know like I I knew I wanted to start with Disney princesses because I'm so tired of people hating on the princesses and um get a bad they, rap they do and shaming Disney adults like what is that all about what is with shaming people for being passionate about something that brings them joy I don't get it anyway um but what better way to break stigma than to um talk about another another very stigmatized topic which is mental health right there are a yeah. lot of um misconceptions about both and my hope is that this first season, first season and future seasons that follow, um, help break up those myths to highlight and uh, the highlight to highlight the empowering and encouraging aspects of those pieces of media. Because first one that comes to mind is Cinderella. She did not just wait around in a cold, old, dusty cellar waiting for somebody to save her. Sorry, I love the Cheetah Girls, but come on, guys. What was that about? <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about Disney princesses. Um, we are going to start with talking about our favorite ones. Real quick, do you want to give us a little teaser about who your favorite Disney princess is? Um, my favorite Disney princess is Moana. And I think there's a couple reasons why. I think she is very empowered. She is a very empowered Disney princess. And I think she is, in fact, the first, besides maybe Elsa and Anna, that, like, doesn't have a love interest. I could be wrong about that, but I, she may be. And I just thought that, you know, even though I am not, um, I am not of the same ethnicity as her, I do feel like we have a lot of similarities. And one thing that I know that both of us struggled with growing up was that, the Disney princesses did not really look like us. For me, I guess I had like Megara. Um, and then I, I loved Esmeralda because I was like, oh, she's got dark curly hair. That must be me, you know? Um, 
There has yet to be a white packing mixed woman to be a Disney princess. So if Disney wants to get on that so that I can have something to relate to, that would be great. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. I'm just very excited to talk about Moana. I um because I love her. I think we have a lot of similarities in personality and uh physical features, which is, you know, I, I saw myself in her. Um and so that's why she's my favorite. What about you? Who's yours? Mine is Mulan um, for so many reasons. When I was a kid, when it first came out, which I think, and I'm, I'm so ashamed that I had to say, I think it's 1998. I was three years old at the time. And according to my grandparents, they took me to see it in theaters six times because I would just beg them to see it. Um, I, I guess for me, without realizing it at the time, was the only Disney princess that I could really relate to. She's Chinese. I'm half Chinese. I'm also part Filipino. So I relate to you on the, uh, or, you know, about Moana. She's like one of my top Disney princesses also because she represented the Pacific Islander part of, of myself. And she's also just awesome. But um, other than like loving Mulan, I like her for so many reasons, including that she's just a forking badass. She's... <laughs> She has the highest body count of any Disney princess in terms of killing people. Um. <laughs> nice. I did not know that, but that obviously makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think the rest of them have killed many people, so. No. But mainly, <laughs> mainly just because her struggles with trying to be good enough and, and gain her family's approval really, 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 really hits home. Um definitely relate to that with a lot of my childhood and then the work that I'm doing now as a as a coach um we should probably explain why multiverse why mental health multiverse and mainly the explanation I'm thinking of is the plan is over the course of our seasons our episodes we are going to be talking about a lot of different things not just Disney not just Marvel not just whatever um and hence mental health multiverse has yes because it is the multiverse of media that we will be using as a tool for this podcast like you know maybe the first thing that comes to mind when you hear multiverse is marvel because they just released a freaking movie about it but it's more like the multiverse of all of our fandoms coming together and exploding and just think of it as like a fandom multiverse and each season will be will focus on a different fandom and for this i guess like you know disney princesses could be a fandom for people who who like disney and then as as the seasons go on we will move on to different fandoms yeah so you know if you feel like maybe you're not interested in disney princesses which you should be because they're awesome and maybe you'll <laughs> learn something if you're not interested in disney princesses Keep listening because we might learn something <laughs> in this season, but <laughs> but we will be hopping around fandoms. So, you know, each season will focus on something new and different. So there will be there will be something for everyone. And we have a whole list of Disney princesses. But if you have one that you really, really want to see us talk about, feel free to DM either of us and be like, please do Rapunzel or, you know, whoever you're whoever you're thinking. I am so excited. Um, I hope this episode gave you a little bit of a sneak peek into us as people and also what you can expect from this podcast. 
you are welcome to follow either of us. Um, you can find me, LB, aka Marissa, at littlebent underscore not broken. That's my handle for both um, Instagram and TikTok. And you can find me at Heather Bodie, H E A T H E R B O D D Y, uh, on Instagram and TikTok as well. Yay. Alrighty, guys. Well, we will see you next time. We will. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mental Health Multiverse podcast and for spending time with us, HB and LB. Special shout out to our musical composer, Little HB. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, feel free to share it with others, post about it on social media, leave a rating and review, or become an exclusive Patreon member to see bonus and additional content. To stay up to date on all things MHM, you can follow us on Instagram at Heather Bodie and at LittleBin underscore not broken, or subscribe to our YouTube channel to see our faces and watch some fun bloopers. You can find all of these links in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.